Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good to see everybody here this morning. It's always good to see anybody here this morning. It's always good to be able to see. Yes. <laughs> oh, you would know. Oh. Do we have any birthdays this week? Mike? Jan? Anybody else? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. <laughs> Mary and Fred, let's see, did you count us last week, Wilma, or do I have to put the money in this morning? I have to put it in. Yeah. It's all right, she bought lunch. Forty. Forty. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> so is she. <laughs> now, children, don't fight. Play nice. Now, announcements, I guess, is next, isn't it? Uh, there will be an elders meeting right after church. Uh, there will be a uh, Christmas light committee meeting right after church or right after the elders meeting, which won't last too long. And then tomorrow evening we have our uh, regular monthly uh, business meeting. Quite a bit to take care of there, so uh, if you're interested in what makes the church really go around, we'll be here at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. Let's all stand and sing number 36.
number 166. Sweet hour of prayer. Take us to the Lord in prayer, please. I will. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege we have to be a part of your family. What a blessing to be called a child of God, a child of the Creator who created everything around us, everything we can see, and you sustain it also. There are many Science with their false predictions of the sun will burn out and climate is going to uh, be, make a drastic change in things. But your word is clear. You promised 
that there would be season, there would be day and night, there will be sunshine, there will be rain. All of these things you guaranteed we will have until you come for judgment. So, Lord, help us to trust what you say more than what man says. Fill us this morning with your Holy Spirit. Let everyone here this morning be moved closer to you through the music, through the word, just through your presence. Let us be blessed so we can be a blessing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 253. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride.
Morris has our communion meditation this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I heard something on the way in today. I was listening to um, pastor down at uh, uh, Kimberly Creek. I don't know if any of y'all heard his message, but it was, uh, he was talking about when he was in uh, college, they got sent to somewhere over in Africa. He got to go visit and study. And he said, He didn't know a whole lot what they were saying because it was not in English. He said, but they played uh, Amazing Grace, and he knew what that was. Amen. And then uh, they gave the Lord's Supper, and he really knew what that was. Just thought that was very interesting here this morning. As we uh, once again meet here to partake of the Lord's Supper, we... We should reclaim the element of hope that's inherent with this. Amen. When Jesus instituted it, he emphasized that it is both a celebration of his imminent presence within us and also looking back, backward and forward. Amen. It is a remembrance of his death until he comes. Christian hope is the embodiment of our assurance. As we look steadfastly at Jesus, that neither his suffering nor ours is in vain, that servanthood leads to glory, and that death is not final. Just as Jesus endured the limitations of his human existence and emerged victorious, we too can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, experience the wonder of God's ability and willingness to help us break down all the barriers that threaten to tear us apart in our purely human capacities. So let us pray the prayer of Romans 15:13 in unity as we partake of these emblems. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and all the blessings of life you continue to give us. We thank you for allowing us to gather together at this table to partake of the emblems in remembrance of the body and blood that was shed for remission of our sins. We pray that each one will take this with a pure heart. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's spend just a few moments in silent prayer, meditation. Speak to the Lord one-on-one.
when Jesus and his disciples were gathered together for the Passover meal. Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, gave to each of them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus took it and, giving thanks, passed it to them, saying, This is my blood of the new covenant, shed for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Trust in Jesus, number 304.
today. Who knows? What a glory that would be. All right, let me pick this cane back up. Now, who can tell me what day it is? Lord's Day, Sunday, that's right. What do we do on the Lord's Day? Praise, worship. I'm sorry. Magnify, absolutely. 
It's all. <laughs> Should, but the Lord's Day is a special day where we gather together to do it as a family. And you know, there is something special about the unity that we come together for Him. But the main thing about the Lord's Day is it's all about the Lord. That's why it's called the Lord's Day. It's all about Him. You know, there was a time in even this country where uh, <laughs> everything was closed on Sunday. You couldn't go out to eat after church. Imagine that. Couldn't go stop by the Quickie Mart and grab some bologna and bread to make your sandwiches. Couldn't do any of that. Uh, because everybody respected the Lord's Day. Look at how much has changed since those laws were taken away. How many people can't go to church because they have to work? Mm. Well, this morning as uh, we continue our study in the book of Matthew, you know, last week we saw where Jesus was arrested. He had just been in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and, and prayed so intensely. We're told in another of the Gospels that he sweat like drops of blood. And then Judas brought the uh, guards with him and they approached Jesus there in the garden and they arrested him. And of course we know Malchus had his ear cut off and, uh, by Peter and uh, Jesus put it back on and told him not to live by the sword or you would die by the sword. And now then Jesus has been arrested and we're going to read the next pericope here about where he is taken before the Sanhedrin. So we're in Matthew 26 beginning at verse 57. Those who had arrested Jesus, that is the soldiers, took him to Caiaphas the high priest where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so. In other words, yes, I am, Jesus replied. But I say to you, all of you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds 
of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fist. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Wow. Wow. This is God. God the Son. God who came in the flesh to deliver us from our sin. Everything that Jesus did from his birth on, choosing to come to be our Savior, every single thing he did was about love. And look at how he was treated in return for the love that he showed. Now, I'm sure that some of us can say that we have been in situations where we were in a relationship where we thought it was supposed to be about love, but we were mistreated by the one who we thought loved us. That's harsh, isn't it? That's a hard reality. Here you are in a relationship, and especially if you have already married this person, and then all of a sudden they change, and you you find out that that they are mean-spirited, mean-hearted, and not really Christian. At least they don't act like a Christian. These things are difficult for us to accept. They're difficult for us to deal with. They're difficult for us to live with. But you know what? If you come back to this story about what happened to Jesus, he said that when we live for him, we will be treated the way he was. So when we get this abuse... And if it's because, or primarily because, we want to live a righteous and holy life and the other person does not, then we can say, thank you, Jesus. You know what Peter and Paul did when they were in prison? Huh? What did they do? Sang hymns, glorified God, and rejoiced that they could suffer with him and for him. I fear a time is coming when Christians will be jailed. And I don't think it is necessarily that far away. If we stand up for Jesus. Some already have been. So we need to stand true. Jesus, even though they did all of this to him. He let them do it. You know why? Because he came to suffer. He told his disciples, I did not come to be served. 
but to serve. And this was part of him serving mankind. Him serving all of us was by allowing them to falsely accuse him, allowing them to spit on him, to to hit him, to slap him, and to mock him, and then ultimately to crucify him. He knew that that was the Father's plan. What did he say when he was praying in the garden so intensely? He he said, Father, I know that this cup is coming. If it's possible, (laughs) if it's possible, take this cup of bitterness from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So he knew ahead of time all of these things would happen. But he was willing to obey the Father even to death. I wonder. Are we? Do we have that faith that we're willing to even die for Jesus? Because he died for us. You know, I hate and shudder to think of all the people who were left behind in Afghanistan that are Christians. The Taliban have been marking their houses. They have a list of names that they know who's Christians. They know which of their own people were helping The Americans. And they go by and they mark their house with an axe. And then another group comes through and interrogates them and often kills them. Especially the Christians. Recant your Christian faith and convert to Islam or die. If you were given that choice... Could you say that you would stand for Jesus? (laughs) We want to think that we would. But you can't put yourself in that place until you're there, really. But we want to. And we are supposed to. You see, Peter thought he could stand for Jesus. He declared it bravely and boldly. I will die with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, will you? <laughs> this very night, you will deny me three times. How many times have we denied Jesus? Now, I don't mean how many times have we said, no, I don't believe in Jesus. What I'm talking about is how many times have we been in company that we knew was not Christian and so we didn't mention Christ? Hmm. How many times have we had an opportunity to witness to someone for Jesus but let that time pass by? Why? Because of fear. We don't want to be seen as a Jesus freak. We don't want to be seen as, as some religious kook. We don't want people to think that, that we're one of those 
people that's conservative Christians. <laughs> that's American Taliban now. But Jesus was willing to take the suffering and the beating for us. And he is our example. We should be willing to be humiliated for Jesus. You know, if you really think about it, in the scripture, every time there was a Christian who stood up for Jesus, it impacted other people around them. Other people thought, wow, they really believe that. They're willing to even die for him. So there must be some truth to this thing. I'm going to check this out a little better. I'm going to look into it a little more. But when Christians' faith is weak, people say, see, I told you it wasn't real. (laughs) Yeah, I read a story one time. (laughs) Imagine that, I read. Uh, (laughs) I read a story one time, and and there was this person who, he had a friend, and when he was younger, he was into drugs and alcohol and partying and all that stuff, and he even got involved in satanic worship for a while. But then he had a change of heart. He had an experience with God that changed him, and he became a Christian. Only thing is, is that his best friend, who he grew up with, parted with, he never told him about Jesus. And then one day the two of them were riding around together and they were in an accident and his friend died. He never told him about Jesus. His friend was still worshiping Satan and he knew where his friend's soul was for all of eternity. He said that was a defining moment In his Christian life, he refused to not ever tell anybody else about Jesus and let them go to hell. He said he's still haunted to think what Jesus must think when he looks at me and I refuse to tell my friend because he wanted me to. I know I've talked a lot about fear, but fear is the enemy of faith. We have to decide whether we fear God more than man and his opinion of us, or if we fear man more than God. And his opinion of us. There is a logic that goes something like this. Well, God is a loving and forgiving God. So I can let him down and he'll forgive me. 
and he'll still love me. So we let him down. (laughs) Man, on the other hand, not so loving, not so forgiving. (laughs) So we're going to, you know, for now, this one time, I won't talk about Jesus. I'll just be uh, a friend to my friend. Well, let me ask you this. If your friend found out they had cancer and you knew that they only had so long to live and you knew someone, a doctor, who had some kind of treatment that was very successful in dealing with serious cancer, was able to treat and successfully help many, many people, even in stage four cancer, to overcome the cancer. Would you tell your friend about that doctor? Of course you would. Because it's an act of love. However, isn't telling your friend about Jesus also an act of love? You see, we often think that we're doing somebody a favor by not making them feel uncomfortable talking about Jesus in their presence. Now, it's one thing if you have a friend who's requested for you not to speak about religious matters. If they absolutely refuse and don't want to, then we need to respect that. But tell them we're going to pray for them. (laughs) But if it's somebody... You just never talk to about Jesus. You don't know if they know Jesus or not because you've never asked. Well, I've been at a lot of funerals, folks. (laughs) And I remember one funeral in particular that I did for a complete stranger. Never met this person in my life, didn't know anything about it. Somebody asked me, to do this funeral and I thought okay I can do that so you know the day before the funeral I go for the visitation start talking to some of the family members and friends and I ask him was he Christian I don't know every single one of them told me the same thing I don't know did he ever go to church I don't know You know, it's, it's hard to do a funeral in those circumstances. You know nothing. You don't know if this person was, was a Christian or not a Christian. So the only thing I could do was talk about some of the hobbies that this person had and, you know, that sort of thing. And then tell the rest of them about Jesus.
Some of them didn't like that. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I love Jesus. I have a reason to love Jesus. He has done so much for me. If you all could have met me when I was 19 or 20 years old, you wouldn't want me in this church. (laughs) Now, I speak for Jesus. That shows you what the Lord can do. Not just what he can do, but what he will do. What he wants to do for every single person. Hell was made for the devil and the fallen angels. It doesn't say hell was made for people. Think about that. Why doesn't it say hell was made for evil people? Because God loves everybody. It says he doesn't want any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. It is his greatest desire to see every man, woman, and child repent of their sins and turn to him and obey him to the best of their ability. And then to be with him forever. He loves you. He loves me. He died for us. He went through so much. He was so humiliated. He was God in the flesh. And was humiliated before all of man. They stripped him naked. Beating. Spit on him. Mocked him. Why did he do that? You know, he told his disciples, I could have called ten legions of angels. 72,000, some say, angels. And we're told in the Old Testament that one angel came one night and killed 185,000 men. Imagine 72,000 angels. What would have happened? There would be no mankind. (laughs) But he didn't. He loved you and he loved me so much that he was willing to suffer. All of that humiliation, all of that pain. And he took it all. Because... That was the only way that he could make it to where our sin had been paid for. And all we have to do is to believe what he did for us. Accept it. Believe it. Repent of our sins. Turn to him. Say, I, I want you, Jesus. I don't want to live this old wicked life anymore. I'm tired and sick of this sin. I'm sick to death. I want to live for you. I want to do the right thing instead of the wrong things from now on. I want you, Jesus. I want to live for you. I want to honor you for the rest of my life so that people will know 
your glory on earth. If you haven't done that yet, do it now. I beg you, do it now because hell is a horrible, horrible place. Never intended for man. So, if you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. Number 377. Stand and sing. Amen. Um.